Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is March 14th, 2019, 7.36 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. It's Pi Day. Yeah, that's right. 314. 3.14 something, something, something. Infinite numbers. We should have timed it just right I so know. it could be more specific. <laughs> Dang it. We're horrible at this. Well, free agency is upon us. It is. Big deals. Big stuff going on. First, I want to get some stuff out of the way. Got some fact checks and some follow-ups. Now, last podcast, we had gone a perfect 100. 100% correct. What? Well, the podcast before that last podcast, we had a few mess ups. So the first is a fact check on that quote. I had said some mumbo jumbo about <laughs> uh, if you're dumb, don't open your mouth or you sound dumb. The actual quote is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Very apropos. Well, yeah, I, I definitely opened my mouth and <laughs> removed all doubt. Fact check. I had said that Quan Alexander had only had Mike Smith as a defensive coordinator. That was not true. He was drafted by Lovey and had Leslie Frazier as a defensive coordinator in 2015. Ooh, amnesia. Yeah, that's... We blocked that one out of her memory. I blocked anything out that had to do with Lovey. Yeah. Another fact check. Molly was correct in that the signing bonus does count towards the cap. The signing bonus can be prorated over a number of years to spread out the cap hit, but the signing bonus is guaranteed. They get that money no matter what. I only had you fact check that because I thought I was right, and then it turned out I was. I know. So. I was thinking we were going to write it down. She was like, you better put that down as a fact check. <laughs> well, I got one, too. I had said that all teams with a lot of cap space suck this year, and I was correct. Of the top 10 teams with a lot of cap space, only the Titans. Space. space <laughs> only the Texans. Not the Titans. Only the Texans, who had the fourth most cap space at 59 million. Went to the playoffs. And they didn't even get that far, did they? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the top nine teams with a lot of cat space, cap space this year <laughs> did not go to the playoffs. Fact check. I had said Keenan Allen was at Jacksonville before the Chargers when I was quizzing Molly on the name five Charger players, and that was incorrect. Allen was at the San Diego Chargers before. The Charger. He was at the Chargers, yeah. So <laughs> they just resigned him, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was always at the Chargers. Uh, follow up. Uh, the team that Anthony Bart was going to sign with was the Jets before he re-signed with Minnesota. He had said he was going to resign with the Jets and then changed his mind and re-signed with Minnesota. The, another follow-up. Ryan Griffin, of course he played quarterback before. We were mocking him and saying that, has he ever played quarterback before? Nobody's ever seen him throw a pass in a football game except preseason. Uh, he was the quarterback for Tulane. Okay. For Tulane. Okay. I got to get my mouth working today. Foo Tulane. <laughs> all right. That's all the fact checks and follow-ups okay. from the last podcast. We made a butchery of the last one. <laughs> Sounds like. We had fun with it, though. Yeah, that's the point. We, we try to have fun. We're fun. We should play for the Buccaneers. It's all about the fun. That's right. So let's get down to some signings that's been going on with the Buccaneers and a little bit across the league. Big signing we had was uh, Brashad Perriman, wide receiver. From the Browns. That's right. He played with the Browns last year on a one-year deal. He signed in October. Uh, last year, he made 16 receptions for 340 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. That's quite a hefty yards per catch. I think he was right around 22 yards per catch catch. Uh, he had agreed verbally to re-sign with the Browns on a one-year de- deal worth $4 million, but changed his mind and signed with the Bucks. This was after Odell Beckham Jr. was signed to the Browns, and Perriman wanted out of his deal hours later. His manager, Rosenhaus, and the GM for the Browns mutually agreed that they didn't want Perriman there. So He was the first-round pick with, of the Ravens in 2015 and was there for three years. I don't even remember him being on the... That's not surprising because he was used very sparingly. It's surprising for a first-round pick. He has not been on the field a whole lot. Interesting. And he's young. He's like 25. Yes. So in the beginning of his career. Yeah, Arians is talking point. about he wants faster people at the receiver position. I don't know what he's going to... And in, on the defense. And on special teams. Yeah. He just wants fast. A fast team. 
beady people. Okay. Reminds me of the Josh Huff all over again. Remember we signed him? What was he, an Olympian or something? Here we go. Fact check for next week. Uh, I don't even remember him. Yeah, we had him for, or was it Demps? Yeah. Yeah. Demps. Anyhow, we got him for kickoff returns. Real blazy guy. Fast. Yeah. Didn't do anything. <clears throat> Didn't do much for us. <clears throat> now, I watched game film on Brashard Perriman and Dayon Buchanan. Our linebacker we signed. It found some interesting stuff with, with Rashard Perriman. Didn't really see anything there to make me go, ooh, good. I mean, he can, he can get behind defenders a little bit, but I don't know. He's not busting open like Deshaun Jackson was. So, I mean, of course, he's not Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he'll be able to get a little bit off the top, I think. Service of all, huh? Yeah. Was it just that he wasn't given many opportunities? Um, That, that might be it, too. He just wasn't on the field a whole lot. I'm curious, in our receiver core, where he'll end up? How are they going to use him? Yeah. Like, what's his four? Do you think, or was there just not enough there? Not, not enough there. But with the Browns, he he went deep a lot. Okay. Uh, but he only started one game in 2016, one game in two, three games in 2017, and two games in 2018. He played in 16 games in 2016, 11 games in 2017, and 10 games in 2018. So he just has not been on the field a lot. He's got a career uh, out of 37 games he's played in. He's only started six. He has a uh, 126 targets with 59 receptions. Ooh. 916 yards for an average of 15.5 yards per catch. Last year with the Browns, he was up around 22 yards per catch. Okay. He was a little over 22.24 or something. So his his forte seems to be catch the ball deep. Okay. It'll be interesting. interesting. That, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we put him, if he's going to be a starter for us or if he's going to be a fifth wide receiver or whatever. Right, just a rotational guy. All right, so what about Buchanan? Well, hold on. Let me let me, let me finish wrapping up Perriman okay, there. Okay, Perriman. We're not done. Slow down, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, against Carolina, he went up against cornerback uh, Dante Jackson in 2018, week 14, and he caught a deep ball 66-yarder from Baker Mayfield after he beat cornerback Dante Jackson. Uh, week 16 is against Cincinnati. Uh, he caught about three to four deep balls. Uh, not just nothing special. as you sparingly, like I said. And out of the film I did watch, he did drop one pass that was right in his hand going across the middle. So he might have a little case of the dropsies. And, you know, he, he has some decent moves as far as shaking guys. But, you know, again, nothing special. Uh, he had 21.25 yards per catch with Cleveland last year. Okay. With 25 targets, 16 reception. So it looks like he gets uh, about a 70% catch rate, somewhere of that nature. Okay. Now, let's get to Buchanan. Okay. Molly. <laughs> Hold your horses. <laughs> Hold your horses. Both of them are pretty funny in the sense that they've had different numbers throughout their tenure in the NFL. Don't see that a lot. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Brashad Perriman had the number two had the number eighteen in two thousand sixteen when he first came in the league, and then in two thousand seventeen and eighteen he had number eleven. And then when he went to the Redskins, he was number nineteen. And then when he went to the Browns, he was number nineteen. So he switched numbers uh, between years two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen. He didn't really play for the Redskins. I think he signed with. Him during preseason and was released, and then the Browns pick him up. Same thing with same thing with Buchanan. He started off 2014 with number 36, and then uh, in 2015 to 2018, he's number 20. So we don't know what numbers they're going to have coming. Can to the he Buccaneers. even wear number 20? That's Ronde's number. I don't think he can. I think they've retired it. Here we go. Follow up for next week. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if uh, Perriman picks up number 11. That was Deshaun's number. Right. Uh, it seems like number 18 is what he came in the league with. So that'll be interesting. Buchanan's a different story. I watched a lot of film on him, and he seems to be a very good pickup. Yeah, I think he's going to fill in good for Quan. He has very good football IQ. It appears he's never out of position. Uh, he attacks the gaps very well, doesn't ever choose the wrong one. Didn't see him miss but one tackle, and that was when he launched at Todd Gurley from the side. 
It really wasn't his fault. He just really launched to try to get to him. And he did slow uh, Gurley down enough for somebody else to tackle him. Is he a linebacker? I feel dumb asking this. Well, yeah, he's okay. a linebacker and a strong safety. Okay, that's why I was like, don't he play safe? Yes. All right. Okay. But I think we're going to use him as a linebacker. Interesting. Is he a veteran? I mean, he's a veteran, but how? Oh, I'm yeah. looking at a tweet from Greg Omni. He's 26. Okay, he's 26 years old. He came in the league in 2014. I think we covered all his drafting stats. Yeah. A couple podcasts ago. I thought he was older. That's interesting. I like that, though. I like the young guys because you dump a bunch of money into an older guy and they're just going to end up leaving in a few years. This is true. I'd like to have a team of a bunch of good younger guys so that we can keep them for right. more than two years yeah. or a year. I don't know, but it didn't really work out with Quan and Hump, did it? <laughs> They left us when they could get more money. Yeah. Well, we had them for four years, so that seems to be about the average now. Yeah. They about... stay for their rookie contracts, and then they're mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Yeah, we get them while they're cheap. Yeah. Let somebody else pay them the big money and see if they actually perform after that. Levante. It's like we never learn. <laughs> well, Letting the good ones go. And keeping the Donovan Smiths. Right. Yeah, with uh, Deion Buchanan, one thing I could say about him is he is definitely not scared of contact. He's a good tackler, and he does he does not have a problem with hitting people. It's like he, he's always he's always facing the ball. I like that. He doesn't turn around. That was one of the problems oh, I had. Oh, God. Last season, they were terrible oh, for that. Everybody on the secondary was terrible for it. I mean, that's why we too. had no interceptions. No one was ever looking at the ball. Right. Uh, Buchanan seems to always be looking at the ball. If the quarterback's got the ball, he's looking at the quarterback. If the quarterback throws at the receiver, he's looking at the receiver. That reminds me of, like, Levante in his early mm-hmm. years. Ah, always had his... He was a ball hawk, He was man. a ball hawk. And Buchanan seems to be the same way. His stance don't show it, but he's all over the field. I mean, all over the field. He's in. He's involved in just about every tackle, and he gets right up in the mix of everything. Has he been with the Cardinals since 2014? Yes, he was drafted okay. by the Cardinals and by Bruce Arian. Yes, he played with Todd Bowles for one year, okay. 2014, and then Todd Bowles left. Yes, and then James Betker came in and has been his defensive coordinator from 2015 to 2017. Don't know who his defensive coordinator was last year. That team was just so forgettable. <laughs> oh, they were horrible. Yeah, Arizona was just absolutely horrible last year. He. he there was an interesting play I saw against the Rams week seven in 2017 uh, with Daywon Buchanan. Dayon. Dayon Buchanan. <laughs> I think you, you say something different every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg Allman's getting everybody right on that one. Oh, no. It's Dayon Buchanan. Uh, he went into the hole. The running back was coming uh, the between the center and the right guard. And Buchanan got up in that hole, and the fullback came, and they both collided with each other. You could probably hear it at the top of the stands. But Buchanan held his ground, and I liked that. You know, he did not try to avoid the block, and he just went. You know, they both went shoulder to shoulder, and slam. The one thing, one thing I always liked about Levante David was he was able to get off blocks. He hasn't been as good at it the past few years, but when he first came in the league he was a master at it, avoiding blocks and getting off the block to make the tackle. Uh, Buchanan seems to be pretty decent at that. Not so much avoiding blocks but being able to get off of the blocks. So that's what you want in a linebacker. You got these big old linemen coming out there trying to block them. You can't be having that. Yeah. Another thing I really like about Buchanan, this is probably my favorite thing. This is a personal preference. He wears tendon bands on his knees, just like Gerald McCoy does on his elbows. It makes him extremely easy to identify on game film. <laughs> Because if you don't know, watching game field with the Buccaneers is absolutely atrocious because of their numbers. It's hard to read their numbers. So it's hard to see who's doing what. So I always have to write down and identify players by what they wear. And Buchanan wears those tendon bands on his knees. Makes it real easy to spot him. I know who he is. Uh, He had an interception for a touchdown in 2015, week 15, against Sam Bradford when he was playing for Philadelphia. It was nothing special 
on Buchanan's fault. Bradford threw the pass right to him. But he's an opportunist, at least. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. At least he didn't drop it. And he <laughs> or just stand there like, what the hell do I do with this? Right, and then he ran it in for a touchdown. So that's what I got on watching the film with Brashard Perriman and Dayon. Dayon. Okay, so let's talk about our linebacker core real quick because right. we've had a lot of moves there. Quan's gone. <laughs> we we still have Levante. Yeah. We re-signed Kevin Minter. Yes, re-signed him to a one-year deal reportedly worth $1.5 million. Okay. And then we lost Adarius Taylor to, was it the Browns or the Bears? Browns. Browns. He got a two-year, $5 million deal Yeah. with $2.5 million guaranteed. Good for him, but I tell you what. They're he, scooping everybody up, aren't they? We're trading the a lot of players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got Perriman. Browns in the Tennessee. Titans and the Oakland Raiders seem like they're doing all the big work in free agency. Yeah. Uh, the, the Darius Taylor was a real disappointment to me. It seemed like when he changed his name from Glanton to Taylor, he just started playing kind of bleh. I have been trying to think for two days what his old last name was. Glanton. <laughs> Glanton. Okay. Really threw me when he changed his name because nobody really mentioned it. And I'm sitting here watching game film. And I'm going, who is this guy? Who is this guy? What happened to... Why is he wearing Glanton's number? <laughs> but yeah, he he did okay filling in for Quan last year after Quan got hurt. But he just didn't do anything special. Not what we saw in previous years. Yeah, not not what we saw normally when he get, got put in. I remember he was very good at, I think it was in the preseason, he, no, I'm thinking of MJ Stewart, knocking the balls out. But Darius Clinton, or Darius Taylor, really popped off a, a couple times when he was put in, did some good plays, but then when he was put in as a starter role, kind of reminds me of Godwin. You know, when Godwin was put in the starting role with Deshaun Jackson out, he didn't really do anything. You know, but, yeah, he had a lot of drops. He just, yeah, and it makes you wonder, you know, why, why is it sometimes these guys can come in sparingly and do really good, but then when they're put in a larger role, they just kind of blend into the background. Yeah. Is that all you got on the I want to look linebackers? through our list. Cameron Lynch is still up for free agency. Devontae Bond, did we re-sign him? Oh, man, I want to say yes. He was a restricted free agent, so we might have. Okay, so Cameron Lynch is the only other one we got. Yes, we saw, we re-signed Devontae Bond. Okay. I know we mentioned that on the podcast when it happened. Yeah. That was back on March 5th. Yeah. One-year deal to league okay. minimum. So Cameron Lynch is the only other linebacker outstanding that hasn't been re-signed. Okay, so how many linebackers we got now? Kevin Minter, Devontae Bond, Levante, Buchanan. Four? It's got to be more than that. What about Riley? I think he's under contract. Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Okay, so that'll give us five. He's not on my free agency list, so. And then we did sign an inside linebacker, Corey Nelson, to a reserves contract, so he may or may not make the team. Mm. Jack Cicci. Uh, uh, coming off of a ACL tear. Right, Kettle Beckwith with his ankle problem. Yeah, we don't know about that one. Right, there's rumors he might never play football again. Mm. You hate to see that. Hunter Dimmick. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. And Emmanuel Smith. Never heard of him. So we might be set on our linebacker core, huh? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve guys signed right now. Right. No, I'm sorry. Eleven guys signed right now. Uh, how many of those are going to make the team? we might draft one, right? Yes. So we'll see. Yeah. We're going we're to need a lot of linebackers. <clears throat> Not really a lot of linebackers. A lot of linebackers slash defensive ends. Yeah. Did you see we were in the running for Marcus Golden, the pass rusher? No. Yeah. And he he signed with the Giants. Okay. So that was one free agent we were possibly going after, and it didn't work out. Interesting. Um, we lost Andrew Adams today. The that was safety. Sad. Yeah, he went to the Lions. Triple A. And he signed a one-year contract. I liked him. Yeah, he had four interceptions last season, three in one game. So that's why they called him Triple A. Where where did he go to? The Lions. So now you know one more person on the Lions. <laughs> 
We re-signed kicker Carlos Santos. Uh, yeah, that was good. So I guess we're not getting Matt Bryant. Yeah, I'm glad. Me too. I'm glad about that. Me too. A lot of fans want Matt Bryant, but why? Yeah, I'm just I'm just not a big fan. You know, yeah. I'll say it over and over. Just you know, bringing guys back, bringing coaches back. Nope. He's just, especially, especially when they leave on bad terms like that. To me, it's his age and the fact that he was injured last season and missed some games. Yeah, injured in his hamstring. Was yeah, it? like a hamstring. Yeah, well, you kind of need that to kick. Right. Yeah, if it was a shoulder or a right. wrist injury, that <laughs> right. would have been fine. But yeah, hamstring. Eh, it's a little. Those those things seem to be pesky. They don't go away. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like it's kind of a record. Well, that's Carlos Santos. He had that groin groin injury that nagged him for a while. That's how we got him after he had recovered. Uh, but it kept him out for almost the full season. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and since Mike Bryant's so old, he's going to stay out for at least two seasons. <laughs> old man. <laughs> getting looking for his he had somebody help him onto the field like no. hold his arm are you serious <laughs> no. he came on on a like walkle old people yeah a walkle a walkle <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a cross between a walker and a waffle maker <laughs> A walkle. <laughs> um, Mitch Unrein restructured his deal. Did you see that? No, what? Huh? I mean, not Mitch Unrein. I was getting ready Bo to say. Bo Allen. Really? He did. Fantastic. He took a pay cut. Good, good, good. I like Bo Took a $1 Allen. million dollar pay cut, but he can earn it back in incentives. And then they scrapped his guaranteed money next year. So he'll be a free agent next season. So what's he getting this year? He's getting $4 million guaranteed. Ooh, wow. And he had, previously he had a million and a half fully guaranteed. No, like with the bonuses and stuff. Here's what I got to say about uh, Bo Allen, and I said this when we drafted him after I looked at the game film. He's a hustler. The guy is always going. His motor's always going. He's always going to the ball. Other than that, he's just a guy. I mean, he's not going to shed double blocks. He's not going to do any spectacular moves to get to the quarterback, but he he hustles. So, you know, he, he's a good gap stop. He's not he's not horrible. A good rotational guy. Yes. I had no complaints about him last season. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't really hear his name a lot. I mean, he just didn't do anything. Right. But if you watch game film, he's always, he's always hustling. I mean, he's not out there taking plays off. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad we got him. We kept yeah. Him. And that was a really that's solid a thing for him to do. Take a pay cut. Yeah. You know, he becomes a free agent at the end of the season, which maybe he wanted to be. Maybe he's like, yeah, I'm done in Tampa. Let's do one more year and then move on. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, Mitch Unrein was released after a failed physical. Yeah. That saved us $3.75 million. Wow. That's a shame, though. He never even played for us. Never played a snap. He was out the second week of training camp with a concussion. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody's reported on it. It just mysteriously boom. And he was in concussion protocol and was never cleared to resume football activities. So it was, he, he had a history of concussions. Oh, he did? Yeah. And this one seemed to really give him a problem. Interesting. Yeah. To be out a whole year. Yeah. For I mean, he's to probably not, not going to play football. I wouldn't again. think so. Yeah. He must have some kind of lingering symptom. Vision mm-hmm. problems, memory, something. Yes. That's crazy. That's very serious. Peyton Barber was re-signed to a one-year deal deal worth $2 million. Yeah, so we tendered him. He was a restricted free agent. You tender him, you only, it's like a procedural thing. I always think of tenderizing meat. <laughs> you just take your player and you hit him with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tender. I'm tendering my, my running back. It's not that. That's not how it no. works. Mm-hmm. No. You basically extend him an offer 
and you, it can be league minimum and they're on your team. They can't go anywhere. But then but, he, and then we actually made a deal with him. Right. Yeah. He didn't take the time. I mean, he took the tender offer, but then he just went ahead and signed a contract. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's extremely cheap. One year, two million for Peyton Barber. People are still complaining. They wish we had got Tevin Coleman. And no. Uh, yeah. I don't, no. I don't think so either. I don't I, think Tevin Coleman's any better than Peyton. I, I have it on record. Molly will tell you, uh, when we got rid of Doug Martin and Peyton Barber became the full-time running back, I was excited because Peyton Barber runs hard. And I said this. <clears throat> I went through, let me see, We at that point we had a year, two years of film on him where he, you know, he came in and filled in every now and then. The guy never lost yardage. I was like, he's incredible. He It doesn't matter if he gets hit behind the line of scrimmage or where he gets hit, he will always gain yardage. And I was so excited about that going into this season. And then like the first three games, he was getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage constantly. Never. Oh, was that never the O-line? Oh, yeah, the O-line was just so There was one play I've talked about this. There was one play, can't remember what team it was against, but he got hit four times, might have been five, behind the line of scrimmage and still made 14 yards. Oh, God. It was incredible. I was like, whoa, the guy's a fighter. The one thing I don't like about Peyton Bear. Barber is he doesn't avoid contact. He doesn't try to juke guys out. Oh, uh, so sometimes he just runs right in. He will him. see you. It'll be an open field, and there'll be one guy on the field. He will run at that one guy and put his shoulder down. Are you a little surprised, given what Bruce Arians, how he's talked about Peyton Barber, that he didn't get a bigger deal? Yeah. Or a lo- more long term deal? A little bit, but you got to remember, I mean, Bruce Arians, especially at like the combine and stuff, they're just blowing smoke up everybody's butt. Remember all that crap they said about Deshaun? We want Deshaun back. We want Deshaun right. back. Yeah, that was just. That was just smoke. Funny, I listened to Scott Reynolds on Peter Report podcast where he was broadcasting from the Combine, and he was the only one on the podcast. And he was talking about how he thinks sometimes the Bucks organization might feed the media these storylines. And he was specifically referencing the Deshaun Jackson thing where they're saying, oh, we like him, we want him to come back. That would make sense. That would go back to the access media that we were talking yeah. about. You know, these guys are given storylines, and then they just report them. Yeah, it's a quid pro quo. Right. And so, and they're feeding them these stories so they can drum up interest for a player like Deshaun Jackson. Yes. So. Makes sense. Makes sense. But at the same time, it makes you not trust the media as much when you feel like they're just a mouthpiece for the organization. Or being manipulated by the organization. Or being manipulated. But I think. Or used. I think they know. Manipulated. You know, media knows, but they're going to hit, they're going to do it anyhow because they got to keep the access to the the organization, the players. Well, actually, I think in a subsequent podcast, with the rest of the guys, they were joking about that, that they were going to say something and have their press passes pulled. Really? Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. They should so do that. So maybe, I mean, it could happen, but it, it was just an interesting tidbit listening to them. And I like listening to them. Some of the guys that Peter report, they drive me a little crazy, but they just rub me the wrong way sometimes. But it is interesting to kind of get that insider perspective. Same oh, yeah. with Joe Buck's fan. Yes, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Steve Isbitt, one of the Joes from Joe Buck's fan, said he had heard someone at the Combine say that Deshaun Jackson and he he wouldn't he was very uh, vague. Yeah, he had to be vague because he said if if he got this out, if this went out, Deshaun Jackson would probably never be able to be on another team again. But somebody had told him that Deshaun Jackson did something so bad as a teammate while a Buccaneer that Joe Isbitt just couldn't wait to run Deshaun Jackson out of town. And he said that he, he can't say anything until after Deshaun Jackson retires. It's that bad. He said it wasn't illegal, but it was something very, very, very bad as a teammate. And I'm thinking, you know, it's something like, you know, sleeping with somebody who's wife. Yeah, like Colin Kaepernick. Or, yeah, some bad stuff like that. Now, when when the media comes out and says things like that, then that makes me go, okay, now I can understand why they were all trying to... Right. But if we have that information and we can make that decision for ourselves, that's right. where I yeah. take issue with right. it. Right. You don't have to drum up the whole, oh, he wants to go to another team yeah. you know, because of what 
he said about the Rams and all that, you know, because then when you listen to the interview that Deshaun Jackson gave, you go, he's not saying he wants to go to another team. As a matter of fact, he said, worst case scenario, if I had to go to another team, it would be the Rams. Yeah. That's not somebody saying, I want to go to the Rams. Right. So, yes, but, you know, if they would come out with that information, but he didn't find this out until the combine. Combine, yeah. But apparently they, you know, these guys, they get to go in the locker room. They get to see how all the players interact and, and they pick up on it. And they know. And, you know, I'm sure players tell them stuff off the record and, and everything. But I just wish they would be more mm, more transparent with what they know. Yeah. You know, say, you can say that. That's fine. Say, look, I know something about Deshaun Jackson that is so bad that he would never be able to play in the NFL again. That's why I don't want him on this team. You say that. I'm like, fine. OK, I, I agree with you. I'll go with that. You know, just tell us later down the road. Yeah. Kind of like tell us why Noah Spence isn't playing. Who is that? Peter Report that says <laughs> yes, that? Yes, Scott Reynolds. Thing? Yeah. And somebody please tell us what happened in 2011. So anyhow, found that interesting. Steve Isbitt was on fire. He, yeah. What else was it he was mad about? Oh, the the Buccaneers posting that picture of the defense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did not like that. Yeah, what I got from that was that he likes Brent Grimes. He said, really? Yeah. He said, I, now I like Brent Grimes as a person. Well, as a person. But yeah. he, he was he's kind of the same way I am. Him. It's like you can't. You can't say and do, you can't go out there and not play football because you're not making enough money or for whatever reason. Yeah. And stay on our team. Just not cool. You might be a great person, but. Bye. Bye. I don't want somebody out there that's not putting forth 110%. I'm with you. That's physics. I, th- <laughs> I think Bruce Arians is with you too. Let's hope. I hope so. You know, and that's oh. something else I've been thinking about too. You know, you, you hear Bruce Arians talking about we want to keep Deshaun and all this good stuff. And, you know, we don't know how much of Bruce Arians' persona is an act. We don't know. I mean, when he was with Arizona, the first year he was there, he went 10 and 6. Second year, he went 11 and 5. But then without Todd Bowles there, in 2015, he went 13 and 3, and then 7, 8, and 1, and then 8 and 8. So, you know, how much of this... You know what? I would still take the 7. <laughs> the 7 went... <laughs> the 7 and 8, the better than 5 and 11. Yeah. Is it we really have a, We have a really low bar. Well, you know, and this is something I say all the time, especially to Molly. I don't really care about wins and losses. I mean, I do care. But what matters to me the most is good, entertaining football. I don't like to see blowout games where we just get beat in the dirt, Lovey Smith. I hate that. You know, or games where we just do not perform well and get beat. I want to see good, competitive games. Now, if we play good competitive games and we lose, it's not that bad. Of course, I'd rather us win, but I want to see... I, this is entertainment, so I want to see good entertaining games. And last year, we had a lot of good entertaining games. And then we had a lot that were just totally uninspiring. This is true, too. Yeah, our, our team is very one the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, we were either lighting it up or we were just totally flat. Yes. Very one-dimensional team we yeah. were. But we were competitive. I mean, we didn't get... Uh, the Chicago games, the only game I could think of where I went, wow, we just got butt-stomped. I would say maybe the Ravens game too. I mean, Chicago. The score was bad. No, I would say that, that's what I say about the Chicago game is because yeah. the whole game we were never in it. I mean, we couldn't move the ball and we couldn't stop them, and we couldn't come back. Yes, but with the rest of the games, there was always the we can come back or you know we did come back or whatever. Okay, and you know it made entertaining football. The, the Bears game was just not entertaining. It yeah, was, it was entertaining if you like watching teams get beat up, but and it was entertaining for Bears fans for sure. The Chicago Bears have signed Ted Larson to a one year deal. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> Yeah, so no Ted Larson for the Buccaneers. And speaking of other Buccaneers being signed, Xbox, uh, Luke Stocker was signed to a two-year deal with Atlanta. So he's reunited with Dirk Cutter. Didn't Cutter cut him? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, this will be interesting to see if Stocker goes there and just poops all over the place. You know, screw you for cutting <laughs> me. And uh, Kevin Pamphill <clears throat> was re-signed to a one-year deal with the Titans. He, I didn't even know he was still in the league. Yeah, he actually played left tackle last year. Really? Yeah, because their, their starting left tackle got hurt and he came in, stepped in 
in, and they liked what he did, so they re-signed him. They actually re-signed him pretty quick. <clears throat> he, was, he was horrible when he was with us. So he'll be there with Humphreys. Yes. Um, fun tidbit about Humphreys. I don't know if we talked about this in the last podcast, but the Patriots came to him after. I heard about that. He had verbally agreed with the Titans, and he considered the Patriots and then stuck with the Titans. Yeah, I don't know how much of that's BS. I, it, it came from, it wasn't the Boston Herald, it was. Doug Kide? Yeah, I read it from. He's a Patriots beat reporter. Yeah, I, I just don't know how. I mean, you could, think about it. If, you, if you're if you could get the same amount of money for the Patriots, which one would you go to? The Patriots, exactly. But I think it's a matter of he verbally agreed with the Titans. Man, yeah, could be. I think he was sticking with his agreement. Don't know, do not know. But that, that's one place we thought he might could go because yeah. he'd be perfect there too. I mean, he's a Wes Welker, a mm. Edelman, and Amendola. Yeah, he, he fits that mold. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's going to be interesting at Tennessee. It's just I don't know how that's going to work out for him. The one I, the place I was really worried about him going was New Orleans. Yeah, me too. That was my biggest Thank fear. Thank God he Thank did not go. God he didn't go to New Orleans. Him and Drew Brees have been lighting us up for the next... God, I would hate him so much. So we talked about in our Know Your Enemy free agency edition with New Orleans, Mark Ingram, you and I had a disagreement there whether mm. he could go somewhere else and get more money. Yes. You were correct. Yeah. What, what was that, Molly? I don't want to say it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> he went to the Ravens. How many, how many quarterbacks do they have at the Ravens? Good grief. They, they, Alex Collins. Yeah, I think he left. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't I don't know who's gone where, but right. they had. They do yeah. a rotational system. There. Yeah, they had running back by committee because I had two of their running backs last year in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> how'd, that, oh, no. how'd that work out for you? Not great. Yeah. Because they couldn't decide who was going to be in the committee. They kept I know, kicking people a, out. There's, uh, it was the, like Survivor. <laughs> the Ravens. They were getting voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> and the Patriots. Uh, there's another team, too. I can't think of who it is that I would just, I would never take any of their running backs. It doesn't matter because one week they do great. They might do great two weeks in a row, but then the third week they don't even see the field. Right. Exactly. A lot of teams are going to that, though. Running back by committee. Yeah. You don't get as many workhorse running backs like the Melvin Gordons that you, you used to. Yeah. Used to, you know, every team had a workhorse running back. But if you, so you've got one really good running back that you have to pay a lot of money, or you have three mediocre running backs that you don't have to pay a lot of money. Right. So, I mean, if you can pay $2 million for three each for three running backs, that's only $6 million. And Le'Veon Bell's getting how much? <laughs> you sound like a bargain shopper. <laughs> you, you should, the NFL should be lucky they don't have coupons. <laughs> Molly would be all over top of that. <laughs> the Saints lost defensive end Alex Okafor. Ooh. He's going to the Chiefs. Interesting. It's a, a three-year deal worth $24 million. So those are two of their big free agents that they lost, Mark Ingram and Okafor. I didn't think they'd let Okafor go, but... I didn't think so either. Hmm. He wasn't there that long, was he? No. And did he come from the Chiefs? Looking it up, it was another red team. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so he actually played under Arizona, under Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. Yeah. As a linebacker. Interesting. Interesting. Surprised we didn't go after him. I know. Oh, I know Probably why. wanted too much money. 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 Um, running, by, running back, Isaiah Crowell is available. And Benjamin Albright is saying, keep an eye on the buck. Uh, Duke Johnson's been mentioned also. Yeah. Coming to us. I mean, if Peyton Barber's their guy, well, they haven't really said that. They said they like Peyton Barber. Right, yeah. It, they but he's not necessarily their guy. Right, they could have been blowing smoke. Yeah. So we got Andre Ellington back there. Don't know if he's going to make the roster. Right. Uh, as it stands, is Rogers still on the team? No, he's a free agent. Okay. So 
and then we have Rojo. Yeah. Which nobody knows what's at all what he could do. Yeah. He definitely can't catch a pass. We know that. <laughs> Brick hands Rojo. <laughs> so and um, maybe we'll draft one. I don't know. That's a Peter report they were talking about. Maybe in the later rounds. Yeah, could be. Um, that's all I have. Buccaneers cheerleader audition workshop is this Saturday, March 16th, 2019. If you're interested, if you know anybody that's interested, you can go to the Advent Health Training Center for that. Uh, I'm not sure. I think registration you have to do beforehand. You might be able to register there. Don't know. Is this your favorite part of the offseason? It's the only reason why I watch football. <laughs> I don't think they show the cheerleaders enough. <laughs> They, those girls work hard. I know they do. I think Very I think we hard. should be more appreciative of their skills. All right, and that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. If you want to get in touch with Molly, you can reach her at her email, mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. My email is ralph at buccaneersobserver.com. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to yell at us for something, shoot us an email. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. Our handle is at bucks underscore observer. Or you can go to our website, buccaneersobserver.com. Leave us a comment there. Check out stuff we got. Until then. Go Bucks.